Good morning, church. This morning, I'm going to conclude our series on the armour of God. And you would have heard uh, last week that Mike um, came from talking about the armour of God to talking about how we pray to, in effect, activate that armour. Um, this week, I'm going to talk prophetically about how once we are clothed in the armour of God and once we are um, moving and marching as a prayerful uh, uh, people of God, that actually God is calling us to be an army of God. And I'm going to draw upon Ezekiel 37, which is called the, the vision of the valley of dry bones. But I'd rather call it the vision of the valley of the army of God. Because that is what it became. So let's just think about this analogy of an army. God raises up an army and armies are often called into places of crisis. And clearly we're in a time of crisis right now. It's one which is going to call um, us to act in extraordinary ways, um, heroic ways, if you like. And we've already seen examples of that. But although we've passed the sort of initial crises, there are all sorts of other crises I, 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 I can guess are bubbling up under the surface. Things like mental health, things like uh, a global recession. And so there's going to be all sorts of ways in which we will need to respond. And just like in a humanitarian crisis, um, we often call in the army um, a, a highly disciplined group of people in, in order to undertake um, important tasks um, where uh, other groups cannot. I sense that God is calling us as a church uh, nationwide, um, globally, but specifically uh, NCS it, within the context of Sheffield to be that army again. And there's a reason why God calls us to be an army, because an army has a clear purpose and an army has a clear and um, uh, a very well um, drilled organisation. And so that's what we want to become. But we don't become that unless God speaks to us. So let's hear from Ezekiel 37 now, and um, I'd like to just share a few words uh, and, and examples and, and encouragements from that. And then I want us to dwell on the importance of the prophetic in hearing God's word and standing on the, the words, the prophecies that God's given us in the past so that we can confidently go forward in his strength. So reading from Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. 
Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded me, the breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you back up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So let's imagine what this, um, this vision looked like. This vast valley full of bones, like uh, an ancient battleground where the dead have not been buried. And over time, in this desert space, these bones um, have become more apparent as all the skin has rot rotted away. And these bones have been there a long time, dried in the sun, to the point where it just takes a rock to fall on them and they would be um, disintegrated into powder. It's these bones, many, many, many of them, uh, that are lying there, dejected, bereft of life, that the Lord calls Ezekiel to speak into. Now, the context in which this happened, which Ezekiel got this vision, he is in Babylon. He is um, exiled from Jerusalem. And this vision that he brings is something that he will never see come to pass in his life's lifetime. A, a, a vision of um, Israel being organised and raising again and being able to uh, march back to its homeland. And yet he has been given the role of speaking into the life of Israel as it's exiled. And, and Judah um, in the, the Babylonian plains would have heard this vision as uh, a symbol of hope that God could resurrect his people from a place beyond death. And so 
he he takes Ezekiel over these bones and he asks him to prophesy over them and there's a rattling sound and first these bones begin to assemble themselves into the rough outline of a skeleton and then they begin to join together first the tendon and the ligaments as they're enabled to connect then the muscles which will give them the ability to move and then finally the flesh and the skin which will bring them back to completion but most importantly they are still not alive they just have the appearance now of soldiers and the next bit is the most important he says the Lord says to Ezekiel I want you to breathe onto them and to prophesy breath into their very lungs and that breath brings life uh, that breath the word for that is ruach the hebrew word for breath of god and um, the the same uh, expression the word the greek word um, that we get which um, gives us the word for spirit so um, god breathes spirit of life into these dry bones and they live and they rise up and they become a mighty army the symbolism is clear the symbolism of what God did um, on the day of Pentecost the symbolism of what actually happened when um, the people of Judah 70 years later were brought back into Jerusalem back to their homeland but for me the importance of this passage for us and what I sense God is saying is to literally speak life into the bones of Network Church Sheffield to speak life into the church of the UK to speak life into you this morning if you're sat there feeling like um, the people of Israel as they declared our bones are dried up our hope is gone and we are cut off because God wants to pull us together he has been pulling us together through modern technology but there is a way in which we have been called to a greater task beyond us in the future and that God wants to knit us again differently from how we were knitted together before he wants to reform us and he does not want us to be pride, prideful or proud or of of what we've achieved in the past he does not want us uh, to uh, look to any numbers that we may have had in the past what he wants us to do is to draw strength from his word the prophecies that he's given us not just uh, the ancient old prophecies that on which we stand but also the fresh and new prophecies which he is giving to us today so I'd like to in this next section just um, share with you a few of the uh, prophecies that I've known that, that God has spoken to us at King Centre in Philadelphia or NCS as a whole I'll start with 
the one that prompted us to move from St Thomas Crooks down into the city centre to become a city-wide church or church with a city calling and that was of Ezekiel 47 the river of God and in the coming weeks we're going to be looking at um, those big visions that that God has given um, his prophets um, over the years uh, and perhaps we will look at that again and it, it, similarly river um, the river of God in Revelation 21 and this sense of um, the, uh, God blessing his people and that pouring out from his people to the wider um, what the wider neighborhoods and specifically for Philadelphia that of Revelation chapter 3 see I place before you an open door um, the word of the church to uh, the, the church of Philadelphia in, in Revelation uh, the calling of calling um, calling a city back to God and for King Center uh, a recurrent theme of God's presence pressing into God's presence and God's presence overwhelming when I first came to Sheffield in 1993 it was just at the beginning of the Toronto blessing and my first time in King Center was to walk into one of these revival meetings where everybody was literally ecstatic uh, on fire for God and electrified by his presence and it people were queuing up outside in in order to get into the service and and I remember uh, friends of mine students of the time literally crawling home under the under the power of of God's presence um, standing in the exam queues um, about to go into their their finals and uh, manifesting in the Lord and and, and me being able to explain to uh, my non-Christian friends uh, about the spirit of God and the fact that they weren't drunk but that they they were full of the presence of the spirit of God that is something that King Center car carries and this recurrent theme also about God opening wide the gate so you great gates and flinging wide his presence to the whole of the community and I just want to bring and share with you now a, a vision that God gave me in 1997 it's probably the only city-wide vision that I've uh, had to date and it's come back up over the years but it, it came from a time where I was I had a lot more time back then and I had a couple of days just to pray and fast and this picture emerged I'll share it with you now it was um, a picture of the centre of our city round about Ponds Forge and if you know uh, the geography of our city it's sort of pretty much the lowest point uh, geographically speaking within our city and there was a vision of this huge reservoir and it was slowly filling up partly due to rain falling and then springs bubbling up from below and it was rising and it was rising I was asking God what you know show me what wh who where are we in this what are we doing and then he showed me um, an army doing civilian tasks they were digging trenches and this army was digging trenches in all different directions around the reservoir and I was thinking well why are we doing this the reservoir is filling up why are we digging uh, channels for, for water to come in and then the Lord slowly, 
slowed, slowly showed me that this, these were trenches for getting the water out of the reservoir. Because as the, the trenches got deeper and deeper, and as they travelled further out towards the edges of the city, then he showed me that as the reservoir was full enough, these channels started to be filled and the water flowed out of the reservoir so that the whole of the city could be um, uh, emerged in water or be channeled with water, be refreshed by water. So clearly the water represented God's presence and it was him who was making it rain. It was him who was uncapping the springs but the army had a role and a purpose. The army were to be digging trenches and faithfully um, making a way for God's presence. Now, I believe that the Lord has gone ahead of us in an enabling us through the work of um, Restore to be in position to help our city right now through things such as food banks and Christians Against Poverty. And I love the symbolism that right now I'm speaking to you of the word from my home and um, that's a place where God's word should always be um, should be studied and shared and, and, our, and our families discipled. And yet our teaching hall is being used as a food bank and, and a depot for the distribution of half a million pounds worth of food or, or each month. Now, these are just some, I believe, of those kind of trenches, these avenues, these ways in which we can bless our city and take God's love out to places that don't know God's love. And I feel like the Lord is calling us to innovate, uh, to um, hear the God, uh, God's word and hear what he's saying to us to read those passages of old that talk of justice and righteousness and respond practically in acts of love just in small ways with our neighbour but also in larger organised ways and I want to challenge you this morning to um, hear the word of the Lord to you and to act it out to obey what God is saying and I will um, invite you um, in the response time just to spend time hearing what God has to say to in your week going forward hear, take time alone to hear what God is saying and start in a place of worship as Elisha did and I'd love you to be writing into the church if there's anything that's beyond your you know the personal encouragement um, that you have that if there's anything that you sense God is saying to us as a church especially th at this time where we have Mike and Sam uh, as our new leaders um, then I would we would all love to hear from you as a leadership team so let me just speak uh, breath on you now and to prophesy over you now as we come to pray Lord Without your word, we are nothing. We are dead. And Lord, I speak life and I speak breath into 
my church this morning. Lord, I ask that you would fill them afresh. Lord, where there is no hope and where the bones are dry, I ask you, Lord, to speak life into them right now. And Lord, where we feel weak, perhaps like a, a ragtag mob that hasn't yet formed a mighty army. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with faith. Faith to stand on what you've said in the past and faith to stand upon what you are saying now through your word, that we stand in faith. It says faith comes through hearing the word. I pray we would hear it. And Lord, for all those who feel uh, weak and helpless right now, perhaps those who see the enormity of the task and would ordinarily be getting amongst it, but simply feel too weak or too anxious to do it then I speak grace upon you this morning because we're to do it in God's strength not our own strength and if we feel weak right now then in fact we are in a good place because strong comes out of weakness and um, the Lord says, in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And in Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I pray grace and faith upon you this morning and I look forward to seeing that army emerge as we faithfully prayer, walk and march forwards into what God has for us.